Welcome to another episode. My name's Jose Naharo, and today we are going to take a look at EFA's earnings. This is Craftheft International. We're going to take a look at quarter two, 2019. Like always, I have my buddies Bull Solo and Darth Bear ready to keep track to see how this company is doing. One of my viewers actually told me to take a look at this company. So if you guys want me to take a look at a company, feel free to post in the comments and I'll gladly do so. So let's get started. Alright, before we begin, right, all the information I pulled out from EA, EAF's investors website. I also used Seeking Alpha to take a look at the earnings transcript and I took a look at the 10Q report. Alright, right off the bat, we're going to start with the most important thing, revenue and earnings. This company announced earnings on July 31st, 2019, so about a month ago. Earnings per share were um, $0.68, cents, so we can see that this company is actually producing a profit. Earnings per share was a surprise miss by $0.06. Cents. This company also had a revenue of $480 million, which was also a miss by $30 million. Because there was a miss in both earnings per share and in revenue, I'm going to start off and give the first point to Darth Bear. Next, we're going to take a look at comparable sales or just sales compared to the same time last quarter. So net sales for the quarter ended in this June 30th, 2009, increased to $480 million compared to $456 million a year ago. So we can see this company is doing a lot more sales this time. And they do mention that the improvement of sales was due to higher sales volume and also price of GraphTech manufactured graphite electrodes. So right, the two reasons are they are selling more and they're selling it at a higher price. Another thing to note is GraphTech has sold approximately two-thirds of its product capacity through the three to five year at a fixed volume, fixed price, take or pay contracts. So this is pretty cool, right? They, they, they know how much they can produce, right? I'm guessing they have a factory that they know how much, how much product they can produce. And for the next three to five years, they already sold 70% of that max capacity. So as a shareholder, you're, 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 pretty, you're most likely pretty happy because you know that for the next three to five years, this company already has shown you what's the minimum that they're gonna produce, right? Because if if that's if they get no sales, that's what they're gonna produce. And 70% of max capacity are really good, really good numbers. So it does bring stability for, for the shareholders, which for those reasons, I'm gonna have to give a point to Bull Solo. All right, so then these are gonna be some things to note. Um, so here we see their sales volume. The only thing that we want to keep from here is we do see an increase in sales volume. So if you look at the most at the most left chart, we can see the sales volume has increased for the for, for both quarter two and the first half when compared to same when compared to same time last year. The final one is net sales, right? As a result of higher sales volume, this company did produce higher net sales for the first half of 19 and for the second quarter of 19 compared to their previous years. But unfortunately, if we take a look in the next slides, this is earnings per share and free cash flow and earnings before income taxes and other expenses. We see that the company did keep less money even though they sold more. So if we take a look at earnings before income taxes here in the middle, we can see in the last, in, in the last quarter, they had 292 for quarter 218, where this quarter they had 284. Uh, and right, even though they sold more this quarter compared to last quarter, last quarter, same time last quarter, had maintained more money. 
and they do say that this is uh, um, thanks to a higher cost of sales and it continues to increase. So that's definitely something that investors want to monitor. Another thing to notice is the company made less money when we take a look at earnings before income taxes and other expenses. But this quarter still had a larger earning per, uh, earning per share, right? So if we take a look at the middle at the middle graphs, quarter two, like I said, had higher earnings before income taxes of 2018 compared to 2019. But if we take a look at earnings per share in the first graph, we can see that this quarter, even though they kept less money, they re resulted to more earnings per share. So what does that mean? That means that they have a lower share share float. So their buyback program, and this is one reason that I think buyback program is a little tricky, right? Because it can show that the company is continuing to grow. And as we see that this company kept less money, but is showing better results. And that's because this company is buying back its stock. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? Neither. You just have to make sure that the company is still doing overall good. And the company overall is still maintaining a good profit. But it, it is a little deceiving when we see higher earnings per share. Another thing to note is they, they do um, approximately 79% of the second quarter's net sales were to customers with long-term agreements. So remember how I mentioned that the company has already sold about two-thirds of its future production capacity for the next two, three to five years. That's good news. But at the same time, I, I you got to worry in the sense that what happens after those three to five years? Are people still increasing demand in contracts? So that's something to take a look at. Are we getting new customers for this company? Are new customers making new contracts? And is five years like the max they take new contracts? Is that why we're not seeing anything after five years? So these are questions that we need to find out later on. Things to note. China produces roughly half the world's steel with just 12% of Chinese produce via electric arc furnace. The Chinese government has set a target to reach 20% EAF production by 2020. So right, EAF sells electric arc furnaces um, and the products to do it. So if China has right now only has 12% of it and the Chinese government has set a target to reach 20%, that means it's great news for EAF because they have this big time customer here that is going to need to increase their production by almost 100% to reach that 20%. So that's going to definitely be some more money coming into EAF. So now future plans. One thing I do like to know is that a company has future plans. Obviously, we can't tell the future, so we don't know if the plan is perfect. But for a company to have a plan is definitely good. And for the plan to make sense is also good. So some Here are some of the things. They want to reinvest in the business to maintain productivity, high quality, and lowest cost operations. They're doing this by focusing on improvements with appropriate levels of capital investments. So again, that's really good for a business, right? You want to be able to maintain high productivity of high quality items for low cost. And they're doing this by increasing their capital expenses. The next point is they want to maintain prudent capital structure to ensure operational and strategic flexibility. They will consider to evolve in different market conditions associated with product price volatility. So this is pretty good, right? This is a company that knows that if they need to, they need to they need to be flexible to go with the market's condition and with the product's condition. So it's pretty good to know that this company has an open mind. They do return a huge amount to capital shareholder. They're targeting 50 to 60% of 2019's free cash flow to be returned to shareholders. 
for all those reasons, I'm definitely going to give another point to Bull Solo here. Next, we'll follow up with that shareholder return. This company definitely has a strong shareholder return. It has a quarterly dividend of 0.85 cents per share. The stock is probably is about $11, I think. Um, the board of director, like I mentioned, has authorized the repurchase of up to $100 million, which equates to 15% of the company's total float. Very strong. And here we can see how this company breaks down its, its buyback or its total free cash flow. So the free cash flow for the companies for the 12 past months have been, so right, TTM means trailing 12 months, so that's pretty much just the past 12 months. That's quarter three, quarter four, quarter one, and quarter two. So in the past 12 months, this company has used about 24% to pay back debt repayment. It only has kept 6% to retain for, for future product, for future production, and that to me is actually a pretty low number. Um, I don't like a company to keep so little bit amount of money to improve itself. If it's keeping that much money, it means there's not much improvements going on. And that's something as a shareholder, um, it depends the type of, of investor you are, right? I, I would like a company to invest less in, sharehold, in shareholder return and, and keep more money to increase it, its company. But if this company says it only needs 6%, then there's, it, it doesn't seem many ways that it can improve itself which to me is kind of a scary thing in its own. You can see a huge portion is quarterly dividends and even a bigger portion is shareholder buy shares repurchase. And that's one thing I also, not a huge fan, I would rather see more increase in dividends than shareholder repurchase, right? Because the share repurchase, at the end of the day, it goes back to more likely the company opposed to the quarterly to, um, to shareholders with quarterly dividends. One thing we're going to see is eventually they are going to start stop buying back shares and are they going to increase the quarterly dividends? I think that's a huge a huge possibility if they stop eventually when they stop buying back shares that they would increase their quarterly dividends just to maintain still a healthy amount of shareholder return. So like I said, Bull Solo gets a point for this shareholder return. Next, we're going to take a look at the debt and this is definitely a huge and uh, a scary part for me. As of June 30th, 2019, Graftech has cash and cash equivalents of $205 million. That's not, not bad, but it's not that great. But when we compare it to its total debt of $2.0 billion, that is a huge deficit right there. And that's something I don't like. Those are huge numbers. It's a 1 to 10 ratio. And that's, that's definitely a, a pretty scary thing. But we're going to take a look at the next episode. We're going to take a look more at the assets, liabilities, current assets, and current liabilities to really determine how, how much this company um, is really doing, how, how it's to totally doing. But for now, I'm going to have to give a point to Darth Bear because this is definitely not good news. And I can see why this company is pretty cheap. So now we're going to take a look at Outlook based on the on, on, on analysis. And here we can see, first we're going to take a look at the annual EPS estimates. So for December 2019, the company is expected to make $2.67. To December 2020, they're expected to make $2.89. So one thing to note is this company is increasing in earnings per share. So that's that's definitely a good, good thing. But we're going to see that most likely this is also dealing with the shareholder buyback. Forward PE ratio is less than five. That's 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 again pretty impressive. But we can see that this company was only maintain was only retaining six percent of its total free cash flow 
And that tells me that this company is a slow moving company. And for that reason, um, right, it's, it's most likely hits its capacity into to some extent or close to it. And that's why it has such a low forward PE ratio, because the investors do not expect this to continue to grow at such a huge margin. Next, we see their revenue. So here we can see this company is expected to have $1.87 billion of revenue this, this year and next year, $1.98 billion. So we can see there is a small jump. Like I said, there is a small growth in the company. So that's definitely a great thing to see. Previous, just to note, previous revenue for 2018 was $1.89 billion. So it is a higher than what they estimated this year, but by only $0.02 billion. or so what's that? $20 million. So it's not, not by much. And if things go well, they can actually surpass it. But we can see 2018 and 2019 are pretty much going to be flat years. But if we take a look at 2017, 2017, this company reported $0.55 billion. So I wonder what that huge jump was. Was there that increase? Did they buy a new factory that increased their capacity? Or or, or what happened in that year that, that was such a low time? But yeah, like we said, it, there has been a healthy increase for the next upcoming quarters. These years has been pretty flat. Um, and But because we're seeing that growth in both earnings per share and revenue, I'm going to have to give point to this. Bull Solo, obviously. Normally, um, a company also produces some form of quarter three or quarter four or annual estimates. Um, they actually did not, or I was not able to find any in any of their slideshows, which to me does not, not cope well. Are they trying to hide something? Or is it just that uncertain that they can't, that they don't know, that they don't know what they're going to expect? Um, obviously, we know that about 70% of the company's total capacity has already been allocated. So, so to that extent, we, we already know about how much money they will make. All right, guys, so that's it. In the next episode, we will take a look at their financial numbers and it will help me decide what I would value this company at. Here we can see, right, the company, in, we can see by the points of Bull Solo and Darth Bear, this company is split apart for me pretty, pretty evenly. Um, this company does have its good things, but it definitely has those scary things with, with that huge to cash and that ratio, which is pretty scary. Uh, also, the flat, the quarter this year compared to last year is going to be pretty flat. It's also something we don't like to see. So there's definitely some great things to the company, and there's also some negative things to the company. So in the next episode, I'll take a look at their financial numbers, which will help me decide what I would value the company. So I hope you guys enjoyed this part of the video. Um, make sure to post on the comments. Let me know what you think. If you guys have a company that you want me to take a look at, feel free to post on the comments and I will gladly do so. Take care, guys. Have a good night and see you next time.